The Terrifying Lies Podcast, with music and stories by Craig Nibo. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Terrifying Lies Podcast, where all are welcome to the fringes of reality and the edge of insanity. I am Craig Nibo, your host. Several years ago, I set out on an ambitious project. I wanted to write a musical. After exploring several ideas in my mind, I settled on Nikola Tesla as a worthy subject. I picked up a few biographies about the scientist and filled my head with as much knowledge as I could. As I started crafting the story for the stage production about the man's life, I'm afraid my darker nature snuck into the picture. The story became supernatural. Ultimately, the characters include Tesla, his assistant Fritz Lowenstein, a telegraph operator called Alice, three witch cultists of Cthulhu, and the outer god himself. So much for any historical accuracy. The story takes place in Colorado Springs, where, historically, Tesla ran a series of experiments funded by none other than the turn-of-the-century billionaire J.P. Morgan. As the story took shape, I listened to a lot of Croatian folk, as this is where Tesla was born. Soon, I had the outline for a pretty decent comedy-slash-horror story. I spent several years working on songs, lyrics, and spoken word in the background as I produced other products. Ultimately, I finished the project using singers from all around the world. Other than a few generous people who kickstarted the recordings, this project remains on the shelf collecting dust. I don't have the resources to produce a stage show, and I don't quite know where it belongs. As a side note, if you do have the resources and talent and think you could pull it off as a live show, let's talk. I've decided to share this enormous project with you, dear listeners. If you listened to last season's finale, you caught a glimpse of this story in the form of a read-along children's book. But today, I give you part one of Tesla v. Cthulhu, the musical, in its entirety. With no more delay, let's get started. I now present Tesla v. Cthulhu, the musical, part one of three, written and composed by Craig Nibo, and performed by an incredibly talented ensemble of actors, musicians, and singers. At the Carinade Tavern, a well-established alcohol-watering hole in town, most of the villagers show up at one time or another to drink to their joys and sorrows. Above the bar hangs a carronade, a short cannon that can be handheld, also a lariat, and a few other American West-styled decorations hang on the wall. At the carronade tavern, several of the regulars party, drinking, playing cards, carrying on barroom conversations. The barkeep serves drinks, and wipes down the bar. Hercule sits at the bar among the tavern's patrons. The front door flings open. Fritz Lowenstein, assistant to Nikola Tesla, enters. Something has gotten under his skin. He looks angry. The man makes me crazy because he himself is crazy. I can't stand it for another moment. Shouldn't you be at the lab? No, I shouldn't be at the lab. I should be here. Drinking. Drinking a lot, to be more specific. I'm never going back to that electromagnetic zoo of his. Whiskey! Make it a double! 
<laughs> what have you done? I quit. You quit working for the most celebrated genius of all time? This I will tell you unequivocally. Tesla is a genius only in his own mind. <laughs> Everyone gasps. Someone flips the bar lights on and off a few times. Fritz nods in concession. Okay. You've got me there. He did give us light. And electricity. Not to mention wireless communication. The Tesla turbine. Shadow graphs. Radio. Neon lamps. Okay. I get it already. So he gave us lights, electricity, wireless communication. The Tesla turbine, shadow graphs, radio, and neon lamps. Whoop-de-doo. The point is... You can't understand what it's like working under his narrow Croatian thumb. And besides, he's not all genius. Did you read about the so-called transmissions from space he received at the lab? I mean, space radio. What the wah? Yeah, that was a little weird. The bar patrons all reluctantly agree. Across town, the Raven's Watch is a place to which Tesla occasionally transmits radio wave Morse code messages. Originally, it was an experimental facility for transmitting over the airwaves. Alice sits at a desk doing clerical tasks, sorting papers, stamping mail. A Morse code armature starts tapping away, sluggish and slow. Alice picks up a pencil and transcribes the message as it comes in. That's strange. Meanwhile, back at the Caronade Tavern. with the madman. Not so. Have you ever sold a portion of your soul? Come on, really? Or offered up your warmth to a hopeful confidant and been slowly taken down into the hole? What are you saying? If there ever was a chance for absolution, if there ever was a cause for hot debate, it comes down to heat and cool, red-hot raving of a fool With the cool, collected genius of a great I quit. I've had enough Of the overlordly slamming of a fist He's an epic continental pool of monumental overrule Unbalanced, temperamental, and aloof Fritz and Hercule look on as the bartender mixes an unlikely drink. He tops them off by adding little, sparking Tesla coil toothpicks. He has to use a glove to handle the electronic garnishes. What's this? Fritz takes out his toothpick and holds his drink up. I call it the Tesla Shocker. You'll find that it goes down with an electromagnetic wah and flutter. The toothpick emits a small spark. Ah! 
Fritz drops the electronic toothpick. Hercule holds up his glass, daring Fritz to join him. They tap glasses and tip them back. They both shudder at the effect of the electronic alcoholic mixture. But he's a genius. You'd be surprised. He has magic powers at his fingertips. No, not really. To him there is no night, no day, no object in his way. He's crowned with the corona of eclipses. You can't know the inner workings of delusion. Or the churn of hours spent turned like a screw. It's a quandary in my mind, and I've attempted to define the here thin line between a genius and a fool. Meanwhile, at the Raven's Watch. What's coming in? Strange signal. Catching and thin. Albergold has the sender. Meanwhile, back at the Carinade Tavern, the bartender puts two glasses on the table. He pours green fluid into them. The green fluid effervesces and gives off dry ice vapors. What's this? I call it the alternating painkiller current. You'll find that it gets right to the crux of the problem. The two men tap glasses and tip them back. They react with a sudden burst of uncontrollable laughter. The brief hysteria passes quickly, and they both hold their heads in a fit of sudden discomfort. The bartender gets to work on his next round of drinks. He places three metallic tumblers with bullets sticking out of their sides on the bar. I quit. I've had enough of the swinging of a maleficent blow. Prestidigitation of an egotistication fueled by unrequired and rampant bravado. You've come so far. It's a subject of debate, my friend. You can't know the creaming jokes I spent. You can't calculate the cost of being insulted, touched, and lost. You must realize this. This I hear on rambling must make it clear. Confounding, it can only be one source. Mr. Tesla, why, of course, he's in trouble in the bungle. Read his mouse. Lightning, wood, and tower. Stop. Eminent danger, stop. Go the lightning wood and tower, stop. I have to find Lowenstein. You can't quit. It's a burden I of enormous buttress crushing impact shining sense of self worth. When the man who's moving sky and earth grants a narrow birth to come. Stand on one hand, and the 
into the metal tumblers and drops a pair of mini Jacob's Ladders into the two flagons. The bartender puts on a pair of rubber gloves and goggles. He places an electronic device on the bar and hooks it up to the tumbler bolts with a series of wires and alligator clips. Alice enters the Carinade Tavern and grabs Fritz by the elbow. We have to go now. Not, not so fast. I haven't finished my... Ooh, what's this? I call it the Dynamo Twist. You'll find that it goes down like a high-voltage tapeworm. Settles in the essence of your most primal kernel of humanity and allows you to carry on long conversations with your dead ancestors. But be careful. Some who have tried this drink have had their lips go numb, suddenly smelled orange rinds, and forgotten their first names. Hercule and Fritz pick up the drinks and get ready to tip them back. They think better of it, exchange a doubtful glance, and pour them into a spittoon. Podcast will return after this short commercial break. Welcome back to the Terrifying Lies Podcast. I just received a disturbing message from Tesla. I think he's in real trouble. What is it now? Fritz, get back here and empty the incinerated trash. Fritz, you haven't scraped the carbon buildup from the dynamos. Fritz, it is mandatory that you massage my torch in order to stimulate my mental powers. Everybody winces. While your relationship with Mr. Tesla might be unconventional, he remains the world's best hope to advance civilization and technology. And he is in trouble. Read this message. Alice holds up the message she transcribed back at the Raven's watch. Hercule snatches the message. Let me see that. Fritz snatches the message from Hercule. Alice snatches the message from Fritz. The bartender snatches the message from Alice. <clears throat> Imminent danger? Stop. Go to the lightning wood and tower? Stop. Everyone in the bar gasps. If by the lightning wood, Mr. Tesla means that heaven-forsaken patch of forest capped with its own perpetual thundercloud, I would think better of it. The endless storm on that hill is of supernatural origin. <sighs> the Mamatus cloud formations up there are not caused by supernatural forces. They are caused by a remote testing facility I and Tesla built for transmitting wireless power. 
The so-called storm is a byproduct of our experimentation. Don't be so certain of that. Have you met those weird sisters skulking around town? Oh, please. Those black cats are nothing but so much histrionics and flourish. Always flashing the evil eye at anyone who walks in their path. The bar patrons avert their eyes in superstitious dread. Fritz chuckles. And how do you explain poor Strand to Glass? Strand was a simple boy. Sad as it is, he wandered off into the woods and befell some accident. Fell off a cliff, ran into wolves or a cougar. Perhaps the boy suffered from some terrible natural Everyone knew the boy was being groomed by the most diabolical of the weird sisters, by the one and only Jerusha. At the mention of Jerusha's name, everyone crosses him or herself and looks at the sky. You can't be serious with all this superstition and unfounded fear. Don't you realize that your folk stories wither in the face of scientific work that men like Tesla and myself propagate? Strandy Glass, quite a lad with his innocent demure, quick to hook up a book in an educated tour. Of a world without walls, full of miracles and hope. What a boy, what a joy, so insightful and well-spoke. And his mother, so dear, taught him how to be polite. With the pleases and thanks, he was such a socialite. At the hands of his father, so muscular and you. of a little boy, more of a clever man. Never reeled off the proverbial youthful slashing tongue. Never pointed a finger at often said and done. Walk the line of the kindliest type to grace our town. Was no bull to his Set alert there at church with his ears securely tuned To the words of the pastor devoted and communed And the day finally came when his life was sorely wrecked No one knows deeper woes than the loss of innocence Poor strand Poor strand As of a little One's wicked, their designs twisted. On doings listed, torment inflicted. The dark one's wicked, their designs twisted. Abuses, 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 abuses
the message from the bartender. If there's any hope for young Strandiglass and for Nikola Tesla, it falls to us. We must heed Mr. Tesla's message and go to the Lightning Wood and Tower, now. You can count me out. As far as I'm concerned, Tesla can face Jerusha and her sisters of the damned on his own. At the mention of Jerusha's name, everyone crosses him or herself again. Fritz heads for the door. Alice snatches down a lariat, one of the decorations on the tavern wall. She lassos Fritz just before he makes his exit and pulls him back into the tavern. Now hold on just a minute, mister. There are times when one must study his posture. There are times when one must assert his place. There are times one must marshal unyielding. There are times one must abrogate his space. Through the forces of ego can threaten an exact and untellable toll. And the winds of pretension can blaze on reputation. larger than one man alone. 
Fritz, Alice, and Hercule head toward the tavern door. The bartender stops Alice with a hand on her shoulder. I fear that if Jerusha and her weird sisters have put their hands on Mr. Tesla, all is lost. If you must go, take this. The bartender takes down a carronade cannon hanging behind the bar and puts it on the countertop. And what do you propose we do with that? Quite a lot, actually. The bartender reaches under the bar and draws out a cannonball with a ring welded to its girth for clipping on a chain, a ramrod, a powder load. He places them on the bar, along with a carpet bag. Hercule loads the supplies into the carpet bag. We won't be needing these infernal tools of killing. On the contrary, the master never criticizes his tools. Best of luck to you, and please bring the prophet home. The Lightning Wood, a clearing in which Tesla and Fritz set up a pair of tall Tesla coils and other equipment. They use the Lightning Wood as a place to experimentally transmit power. Tesla stands between two Tesla coils, spread eagle, wrists chained to metal. Jerusha and her two sisters, Gabriella and Ursula, stand around an altar, working a spell with the Necronomicon, an arcane book, and various ingredients. I implore you, O great and powerful Azathoth, head of all outer gods, I implore you, darkness. I am far too important a man to simply go missing unnoticed. The three witches turn from their work and hiss at Tesla. They go back to their spell. I implore you, O nameless mist, I implore you, O Shub-Nigarath, O great King Yog-Sothoth, O great Nug and Yeb, condescend to be favorable, so it shall be. Amen. Tesla glances up at his right hand. He checks to make sure the witches are not watching. He produces a palm-sized chrome egg. Careful to evade being noticed, he taps the egg against the Tesla coil to which his hand is chained, creating a Morse code message. For those who long for mercy from darkness in the night, I stand the likely savior, the one who brings them light. And so I tap this message in my metallic throat. of bringing rescue in hopes that they will 
se martyr They will say the man who could bring us to paradise Perished at the hand of a trio of demons They would say that this is the end of life In my palm I light the dells and the cities And more miracles to come And so I tap this message Who value mankind For those who must muster courage To save a beautiful mind It is plain that should this nefarious tree This has been Tesla v. Cthulhu, the musical, part one of three, written and composed by Craig Nibo, performed by an incredibly talented ensemble of actors, musicians, and singers. Well, 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 my fellow twisted souls, as the moon rises and the darkness settles, I bid you farewell from the depths of the Terrifying Lies podcast. Thank you for joining me on this delightfully dreadful journey where we've immersed ourselves in a dark forest of words and song. But fret not, more thrilling tales await. Stay in the shadows, keep your heart pounding, and beware of what lurks out there in those moon-scraping trees. I'll be back with more haunting stories to sate that inner part of your psyche that most likely you choose not to discuss. Until then, sweet dreams, or should I say, sweet nightmares. This has been the Terrifying Lies Podcast. Please, come again. You're welcome here. (laughs) 